It is so nice to meet you guys. What's going on? Tell me about life. How are you? How's work? So you want to marry my daughter? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. So do you hang out in the hood all the time, or do you just come up here for our food and women? It's a valid question. It is. <laughs> One that we'll address on this episode of Four Killers. Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood. And remember just seconds ago when I promised that we would address that issue? We totally won't. Oh, not even sure what you're talking about, Brian. Genius. Uh, 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 Bryce, <laughs> what did we just hear? So that was a trailer for the upcoming Netflix comedy film, You People, written by Joan, uh, Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris. Uh, it stars Hill alongside Eddie Murphy. Uh, Kenya Barris directs it. Uh, Hill is trying to marry Eddie Murphy's daughter, and it's kind of this awkward affair as kind of black culture and Jewish cultures collide. That is coming to Netflix January 26th. Looks funny. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the hunt for comedy. Yeah. I'm on the hunt for comedy. Where is it? <laughs> Culturally relevant is all I could think of that crosses with this. Yeah, right. Uh, to chime in, we've got <laughs> Willie with us. What's up, W. Scottis One? Hey, I'm looking for the comedy. It's uh, oh, it's right there. I found it. <laughs> Thank goodness. Finally, somebody did. <laughs> Thank goodness you're here. Uh, folks, uh, we got news. We got, it's like the, the goddesses of cord cutting news, uh, came down God, yeah, upon Tom, me this morning. we were this close Tom, to being past it. What are we, we were doing? this close to being free. <laughs> Go ahead. Bring us back. Primary target. <laughs> Nailed it. CNBC sources say Warner brothers discoveries. Lawyers are vetting max as the name of the new combined HBO Max Discovery Plus service set to launch in the spring. Uh, granted, lots of things could change as they go through this vetting process. This is not an official announcement. Warner Brothers Discovery has nothing to say other than they're still working on a name. Uh, so they could end up with a new name. This could be true right now, and they might not end up calling it Max. But the sources also said Warner Brands would have individual hubs inside the new service, similar to what Disney Plus does. So you have the Marvel Hub, the Star Wars Hub, the National Geographic Hub. Uh, and they were saying in this new service, you'd have an HBO Hub, a Discovery Hub, a DC Hub, a Warner Brothers Hub for like movies and stuff. Uh, HBO Max does already have sections like that. They have Adult Swim, Turner Classic Movies, Looney Tunes, uh, but they're not as wide ranging as, as what they're talking about here. And they're certainly not as prominent. You, you kind of have to hunt around to find them. Uh, it doesn't mean HBO goes away. Of course, last summer, president and CEO of Global Streaming for Warner said, quote, HBO will always be the beacon and the ultimate brand that stands for television quality. And Perrette indicated in the Q3 earnings report uh, this recent uh, quarter that the company felt it had room to raise the price of the combined service. So we might not even be talking about a tier. Some people are like, oh, it'll be max, and then you pay extra to add HBO. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Warner does plan to launch a free ad-supported tier, uh, not of necessarily of HBO Max, but just a fast service, kind of like the way Amazon does Freevee as well as Prime Video. Uh, and that's going to happen sometime later next year as well. Uh, Brian, 
has anyone on this show ever said they should call it Max? I mean, who's to say? The thing is, here's the beauty of saying literally everything. You're wrong 99% of the time, but sooner or later, you get to be right. And today is my day. Willie, how right am I? Very right. I mean, <laughs> I literally put in my notes, you called this. <laughs> So uh, yeah, yeah. Max is a really, really good name. It's a single syllable. It's three letters long. It's a dormant brand. As a matter of fact, everybody uh, erroneously was saying that oh, HBO Max. It's like HBO and Cinemax. That was not the case ever. But, but there was an attraction to the word Max. If you're gonna pull this off, this seems like the right umbrella word to to go for it. And they can do Max Originals. Still, if they were to use this word, uh, I think there's still an off chance that they do an HBO tier that is HBO Max, right? Uh, where you get HBO and Max. My guess is you will always get some HBO shows at all tiers, but maybe there's a tier where you get all the back catalog of HBO or something. Uh, it's hard to tell whether they're doing tiers yet or not, though. They may, they may want to just keep it simple and be like, yeah, no, HBO, it's a section inside Max. I wonder if it's an instance because you have HBO originals and you have Max originals, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to split up um, the, that kind of programming, that's where I would think you would, you know, split it at is like the Max originals are on Max, the HBO original shows are on HBO, right? Well, there's also TNT originals. Nobody thinks about those, but, right. but they exist. TBS originals. So I, I think what, what, depends on how they do it, right? Yeah. If they have a tier, then yes, Max Originals for everybody, HBO Originals for the people who want to pay extra for HBO. If they just do one one price for everything, everybody gets everything, and that's just the way it is, then the Max Originals are like they are now. Like, they are other shows that aren't under the HBO brand. HBO brand means something specific to people. Do, do you think... Uh, uh, my gut tells me that because we've been on such a journey to put it nicely with, with the name HBO, HBO plus HBO go HBO max uh, and so on. Do you think that maybe there's a good reason to keep it dead simple on, on what the deal is going to be like, like just make it uh, 29 bucks. That's it. It's max. Yeah. I, I think, I think so. And with the price rises, coming from other places, uh, a, a more expensive version probably is less risky than it would have been before when everybody was, you know, keeping it under $10. 1999 is probably as far as I go though. I don't know if I'd go, I'd I put don't a know. two in there. I, I, like, 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 like mm. at $29.99, if, if you get all of the Discovery back catalog, all of the HBO back catalog, all Live of the Max sports. Originals, all, all of, right? I mean, live I, news I, from CNN. You know. I think I could be talked into $29 for this. Okay. You could, and I probably could too, but would you lower the number of people who could be talked in? That's my, that's my thought. Yeah. Including myself. I will not pay that much for that. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> not going to watch hacks season three. They canceled hacks, Brian. Okay. Well, would you, if they made a season <laughs> three of hacks, I, I'll just go with the ad tier. Assuming it's there. Yeah. And, and th it doesn't sound like there's <laughs> what any if there was a tier where end? you could just pay for ads for a show that is canceled. <laughs> That's called YouTube. Okay. <laughs>
Yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's so funny. Like, this is almost not a story, right? Like, company considering name. One name might be Max. Might not be. Yeah, stay tuned. They'll let you know when they decide to launch it. Uh, they are going to launch it in spring. I expect we'll find out the name after the first of the year. I, I don't know that we we find it out within the next couple of weeks with the holidays coming. So after the first of the year, I think we get the big the big rollout, the big announcement. Sometimes in the first some first couple months of the year, uh, and Max seems like a a a great name for it. But whatever they call it. I think the price, I think, I think our conversation is indicative that the price is probably going to be more determinative to people versus what they end up, you know, they could call this thing Kelly. And, and if it was nine 99, people would pay for it. If it was 49 99, they wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think the thing that HBO is really, or Warner media, I should say, is really going to have to fix with this update is really fixing their app because in my experience, the HBO Max app in particular, even the website, has been the worst by far experience that I've had out of all of them. Uh, and uh, that uh, is something uh, they need to fix. May I point you to the web interface of Apple TV Plus? I'm just going to. Okay, fine. Put that out That's there. fair. <laughs> yeah, apples and oranges, uh, web and, 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 and device apps, but, but sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the conventional wisdom, though, is that the HBO Max app is pretty crappy. Uh, I say that because Warner themselves consistently say right? the cool thing about this new merger is you'll have great content from HBO and a working app from Discovery. Like, I know, they, they don't put it in exactly so those words, but they, they definitely acknowledge like, oh, yeah, the HBO Max app has been lacking. We're going to fix that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that was the most hilarious thing that I saw in that article is like them admitting, oh, yeah, no, we definitely need to improve our app and Discovery Plus. The back end of that app is going to help that that accomplishment. So it's not the first time they've said it. They kind of trot that out every time. Like Discovery content totally sucks. HBO Max app crap. We're going to but don't worry, we'll have great content in a better app in the new merge service. Uh, The the chat seems to be universal in in pulling back from my suggestion of $29, like what, what would be the right price be? Uh, the, the right price is uh, the one that lets you have profitability with the most number of, of customers. Right. Uh, the, the, I think the price that people will tolerate highest is probably what we're after. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Like, like what would you 20? pay? I, I, I probably 20 a month, right? Yeah. The chaos ASL is agreeing with you. No more than, than 20, I 15 to 20. What's so funny is if we had asked this, I don't know, Brian, what, like four or five years ago, the answer would have been like five, seven. Like, this is what I mean. Like we've become acclimatized to higher prices because of HBO max being 15 because of Netflix doing $20. Yeah, and I I suspect that like ultimately, in the natural ecosystem, cable pretty much figured out like in general people are willing to pay up to a hundred dollars give or take right. for everything. So now we're just going to balkanize all that. We're going to chop it up of uh, between your 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 uh, Disney Pluses, your Netflix, along with you know Hulu, FX programming, and this. I mean, I don't know if 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 we're getting pretty much everything for 70 bucks. I mean, I'm still pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you get control over what 
goes into your 70 bucks, you know, mix and match. Um, Possibly too much choice, but definitely you have control. Or did, did hacks get canceled? Did we did we decide this? Looks like there's I'm not, dispute over that. I'm not entirely sure. There was all the HBO Max cancellation stuff, and I thought it was wrapped up in all that, but I cannot find anything more concrete. So I don't apologies think they've if greenlighted that's a season three's uh, announcement officially, but I don't know if they've canceled it. Hard to tell. Fingers crossed yeah. for hacks. hacks Fingers crossed great. for hacks. Now, one of the ways you can help hacks, stick with me, <laughs> yep. is to support people who support hacks. Uh, you know, people who have watched it, talked about it on Spoiler in Time, and are big fans of it. Because the more of us there are, the better chance hacks keeps going. And you know what? Some people would call us a bunch of hacks because mm. we're not professionals. We're not Hollywood insiders. Nope. We're just a bunch of people sitting in a former nudist colony doing a podcast. One yep. might well, say we're a bunch of hacks. So if you mm. want to support hacks, support us. And I'm sure somehow that'll support the HBO Max original hacks by heading on over to patreon.com slash cord killers, right? Yeah. The weirdest thing about it, Brian, is not only where you are, but where Willie and I are in totally different places in the country. Also former nudist colonies. (laughs) Yeah. Go on a long enough timeline. They're all nudist colonies, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. We were born Uh, naked, right? If you want to support us, patreon.com slash cord killers. Why wouldn't you? Let's talk about how to watch. Why wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) This is the best salespeople. Why wouldn't you? Hold on. Hold on. I want want to pick this up. Going out on a lot. You're looking at Lexus's and the guy's like, hey, buy it. It's like, what? (laughs) He's like, why Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Sale closed. Done. Uh, you may have heard this story, but in 2021, Netflix released the movie Don't Look Up to a few thousand U.S. subscribers early. They told Netflix they thought it came across as too serious, so Netflix re-edited it to make the comedic elements show up more. The movie got an Oscar nomination, set the record for the most weekly viewing hours of a film on Netflix. Well, that wasn't just for Don't Look Up. Netflix has a small program to kind of test the waters with viewers. And Netflix is planning to expand the number of folks in that group who get to preview content and give feedback. Starting early next year, tens of thousands of Netflix users around the world will be invited to the Netflix Preview Club. This is the latest iteration of a practice that stretches all the way back into the 1920s. Uh, Find some people outside of the film industry to watch a film early, give their feedback so you can adjust it and make it more successful. It's the famous test audience you may have heard about. Uh, You know, you always hear, oh, audiences didn't like the ending, so they reshot it or recut it. Uh, Brian, is this an exciting new phase of this kind of practice or or just kind of more of the same under a new name? Uh, It's definitely horrific and uh, straight out of a dystopian novel. And also, I think I love it. Uh, For example, we were talking about our enjoyment of The Boys, and one of the things that makes The Boys on Amazon work so well is all of the effort put into very, very tiny things that are in the background. And uh, a lot of them are political statements and so on, but it occurred to me that uh, as we were watching it, I think I, I brought this up, what if instead of bothering to put up those posters, you just put up QR codes and then you A-B tested 
various posters in the background that either landed with your politics or the majority politics or whatever. Um, I, 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 I think we're weaponizing entertainment because at the end of the day, you don't really care what the story is. What you really care is about that dopamine hit of like, this is novel and I love it. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm pitching a, a, a blipverts or, or wackets to references that nobody will get from the TV show, Max Headroom. Willie, did you get those references? Nope. <laughs> Somebody did. Somebody did. Max Headroom. I yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, Willie, do you think this is dystopian and awesome? I don't know, because uh, here's my thing uh, that I'm wondering is, are we unknowingly like scrut like making putting these people in a bad position where like if the if the public criticizes a show, they're now going to go back and be like, oh, see those A-B testers. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, clearly they missed the mark here. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird to me because because um, like, I, I don't know. Are you shifting the blame almost? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, have, have any of us ever showed a thing we were working on to somebody else to get their opinion? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what this is. And you're not wrong. It could be dystopian. It could be misused. It could also be just that, like, let's see how it does. And then we may or may not change anything based on that information. Uh, to your point, Willie, I don't think they're going to make a big deal of talking about what this audience says it's more of a perk for the for the people who are invited in to be like hey you right. get to see stuff early and give your opinion on it isn't that fun those people may go out and talk about it or not i don't i don't expect and i could be wrong that netflix would would talk about that themselves no yeah well but what it does provide though is that it provides a way for people to watch this content and give feedback outside of the hollywood bubble because you know, something may work inside the Hollywood bubble, but if you show that outside of the Hollywood bubble and people are looking at this like, what is this? You know, like that would be a good way to get feedback before that backlash comes in later. You know? So uh, uh, let me make the argument. Uh, this is a fairly weak argument, but but I, I would love to hear what you think of it. Um, uh, way back when, uh, 20 years ago, there was a movie called Equilibrium. And the opening scene is uh, in the vein of 1984, Brave New World. They, the authorities kick in the door and they find a bunch of art. And in this world, art is not allowed. And so they have to find one particularly recognizable piece of art. And it happens to be the Mona Lisa, and then they set fire to it. Uh, the uh, director, Kurt Wimmer, says in the director's commentary, we tried every other piece of art. We tried Starry Night. We tried, you know, was it Spindler's mother? I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly but oh, the point right. is yeah. like test audiences whistler's, whistler's mother whistler's mother thank you um uh, american gothic etc cetera, etc cetera. and they couldn't get the punch that and so he hated that they had to use the mona lisa and i don't know man it i i'm kind of down for basically based on your demographic how old you are uh, and and what you would personally recognize as an important piece of art then just digitally substitute that in demos you know like uh yeah uh, like like 18 to 34s get a different piece of art than than 50 plus yeah yeah I, 
I think that makes us that makes people cringe uh, because we don't like the idea uh, that it's lowest common denominator, right? That it's like, oh, well, you're you're you have no vision then. Then our art, art is often better when it's at the vision of the artist. Um, yes, I would agree with that. Art is often better when it's the vision of the artist. You just don't see the art that was the vision of the artist that sucked because it doesn't, you know, get in front of people's eyeballs as often. Uh, and there's a good way and a bad way to take feedback. That's why I phrased my question earlier. Have you ever showed someone something to say, hey, what do you think of this? That doesn't mean you now bend over and change everything about what you do based on what they tell you. Some of the things they tell you, you're going to be like, yeah, but I don't want to change that anyway. Some of the things they tell you, you're like, I don't know that you know what you're talking about. But you're looking for those things where they're like, you're like, oh, I never would have thought about that. Or, oh, that was a question I had. And now you've helped me see a new perspective on it. Uh, so this kind of feedback can be used or misused. Bringing it back to your thing, Brian, uh, that kind of stuff where you personalize the content could be used or misused, right? It, it, could, it could lower the value of the art, but it also could be used in a way where it really does personalize it and makes everybody's enjoyment better and gets back to the, that dopamine hit that you're talking about. I got a conspiracy theory. Go on. I mean, this is framed as like a focus testing feature, but uh, I know with, with Glass Onion, right, which they put into theaters for a week and then nobody can watch mm -hmm. it for a month and then it's going to be on Netflix. Um, that's been a ton of promo for it, right? We've got folks in our Discord who have been like, I saw it even before then in a film festival and it's great go watch it which is a ton of huge movement in word of mouth promotion uh, if you uh -huh. give tens of thousands of people a chance to see oh here's the ryan reynolds movie it's probably not finished but it was great or it stunk but they're gonna make it better or mm -hmm. just pirating these screeners right it's gonna happen unless they put watermarks on it which maybe they will but so, so they do but there's gonna there's gonna be a promotional element of this that is much much bigger i think than any of the creative editorializing would, would that incentivize minor changes just enough to cause a discussion to happen it's like oh, i don't even well, know why you would bother making changes if 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 that's the ultimate I, goal I mean, is to make promotion then i don't i mean maybe maybe you do maybe you don't but i i, I think that's going to be a secondary well, benefit and I just thought of a, a great example in that the Sonic movie, um, if everyone remembers how mm. that movie came under intense scrutiny because the Internet was like, what is what is this animation of Sonic? This is bad. Go back to the drawing board and fix it. And granted, that was a bit of way bigger scale than what this is. Right. But this is going to be this is going to be Netflix way of avoiding those memes on Twitter. I mean, is it though? I, that might be a happy side effect. I don't think it's mm. the point of it. Uh, I, I assume, and I haven't looked at this, that there's going to be some restriction on talking about what's in the screener. Like you agree to see it early and you also then agree not to speak publicly about right. what you saw because of spoilers and, and all that. So that, that's typical yeah. for, for any preview. So I'm not sure that Netflix is going after wide promotion with this. Although they know some people will break the rules and especially with word of mouth, tell their friends and they may be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I have one weakness uh, in my skepticism in that I'm convinced that there's a profit motive for everything. So, so it's like, I'm, I'm convinced that I would do this on purpose if I was evil uh, slash Netflix. 
Um, maybe, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there might be a better profit motive in not letting people talk about the things that are broken and that you want to change uh, and not wanting spoilers out there, which is why they don't let the reviewers talk about it. I'm going to go see Way of Water, Avatar Way of Water tomorrow. I'll be able to say on social media my thoughts about it, but I can't do a review until next Tuesday if I if I want to. That's on purpose. They they manipulate those changes. I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll change change the disclosure dates uh, for folks in this based on on whether they want people to go out and talk about it or not. That would actually be really smart, right? Yeah, yeah. I I I actually think they should. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent for yeah. it. Like 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 for example, uh, uh, part of me wants wants to believe that they would do something super outrageous where it's like, hey, in this whole movie, there's going to be one scene that we're not sure about. We're not mm. going to tell you what the scene is. We want you to speculate on the, on the scene. Uh, but feel free to just say whatever you want about whatever. And then later, if it turns out you're right on what scene changed, good for you. Meanwhile, thank you for talking about the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot of work, though. That's the, that's the, that's the main thing that I immediately thought of is who's the project manager who develops those and, uh, and has to spend time corralling that and enforcing it and collecting the feedback. And, and if you tell people know. that there's something wrong, then they're going to look for something then they're wrong. They're more likely to find it. That's I mean, true. Yeah, yeah, all of these sound yeah. like upsides to me. <laughs> they, they all seem like ways to get think pieces on YouTube where people break down scene by scene. What I swear I saw. This no, when movie. I bring up the project manager, I mean, they just may not have, they may not want to pay somebody to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe they should. Uh, because they've made mistakes before, like not putting ads on Netflix. Netflix co-CEO Reed Hastings told the New York Times Dealbook Conference that he regrets being against an ad-supported version of Netflix. He said, quote, I didn't believe in the ad-supported tactic for us. I was wrong about that. Hulu proved you could do that at scale and offer customers lower prices. We did switch on that. I wish we had flipped a few years earlier, but we'll catch up. Basically, uh, in the other comments, Hastings says that because he was on Facebook's board, he felt like Google and Facebook had advertising all tied up. They'd always get the highest CPMs, so it would not make economic sense for him to offer advertising. But he said, quote, what I failed to understand is that there's a lot of TV advertising that now couldn't find viewers because the 18 to 49-year-old segment had moved on and were not watching linear TV. In other words, it was revenue Netflix wouldn't have to fight Google and Facebook for, uh, and that's what they're getting now. Um, Willie, I'd, I'd like to hear you speak before I say something. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's interesting that they were thinking of they were that their competitors were Facebook and Google when it comes to advertising. I think that's definitely true of the fact that TV advertisers are looking to online because that's where the hot new thing is, right? I mean, I don't know. That's that seemed like that seemed like flawed um, thinking from the beginning. Where I mean, I, I I equated this to like you know Quibi trying to compete with TikTok in a sense, because like, you know, that's kind of, in my opinion, why Quibi, I mean, it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why Quibi failed, but it's the same thing where like, they don't know, they don't know the demographics of where those ads are supposed to go almost, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I suppose what, what hits me in the gut is it's very easy when you're number one 
and you're continuing to be number one and you're about to make a decision that is novel for the number one person to make to say uh, that currency of whoops, I was wrong before, but now I'm even more right than ever is, is it's, it's, it's cheap currency is, is all mm. I'm thinking. Yeah. It's interesting that in this particular timeline now is that because um, before TV advertisers or, or like TV advertisements, you know, they were competing for ad dollars, TV and radio were back then. And even in the early days of Netflix, it was more, you know, Facebook and Google competing for those ad dollars. Now you have a situation where you have YouTube original creators such as Modern Rogue and Scam Nation who are also vying for those ad dollars. So I'm curious to see how this will all play out in the end, considering that we have a one new entrant that maybe we didn't have a few years ago. Yeah, I I think it's perfectly reasonable for uh, someone to look at Facebook and Google, who are the two biggest advertising companies on earth, and say, uh, well, if I have to get into business with them, they're going to keep all the money. Uh, and so it would be better for me to get the money directly from my customers uh, because there won't be enough left later. And then to say what I forgot was that I'm in the business of driving people off cable. <laughs> Uh, and when they go off cable, the advertisements that Google and Facebook serve aren't going to be the same or equivalent to the ads that won't be served to them anymore because they're not watching cable TV. Uh, and, and again, I, I think it's easy to throw stones, but there's a reasonable assumption that Facebook and Google were going to conquer television advertising uh, online the, the same way that they conquered all the other advertising online. Uh, and the fact is they really haven't. And that's what Reed Hastings says he finally woke up to is like, well, wait a minute. They didn't do that. Uh, it took me a while to realize it, but all those eyeballs are, are, are still looking to be served and we can help serve them. Of course they partnered with Microsoft to serve them, but, uh, but they are, they're going to keep a larger share than Hastings things would have expected. I mean, also the other thing too about Hulu is that um, Hulu, as you guys talked about on this show before, was an, was an experiment that was designed to fail. And so the fact that Hulu actually succeeded and, you know, survived in this market, you know, and no one could have predicted that too, you know? So I, I think it's completely fair that, that he could have been like, okay, no, I just, I don't see how TV advertising works because nobody thought Hulu would work either. Well, and, and specifically, I suppose my, my thesis is that admitting you were wrong long after you've already made the decision to correct the course is uh, an easy thing to do. And I think sure, that, sure, that, sure. that there's I, I been so many behind the scenes discussions and finally they've made the changes. And now they're finally talking about that they made the changes. So after you're fairly confident that you've made the right choice, that's that's a pretty good time to say, yeah, you know, I guess I was wrong about that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'm 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 more interested in the fact that he says uh, that uh, the reasoning he gave for why he was against it before. I think that that's very interesting to me anyway, is that like, oh, yeah, I I could see where he'd be kind of blinded by being too close to Facebook and therefore Google and the ad industry and not quite put together that uh, the ad, that they wouldn't dominate all the aspects of advertising. I, I see folks in our chat room uh, making making some good comments and I, I want to make it clear. I, I don't think we're saying that uh, that 
ads are different online. It's just Hastings thought, and a lot of people thought, uh, yeah, there, there are going to be ads online. They'll work and Google and Facebook will get all the money. So I don't want to get into that business because they'll, they'll keep all the money. I want to do something where I make more money. It's, it was never a question of ads not working on TV online. It was a question of, will they make me enough money for it to be worth doing for Netflix? And that's what Hastings changed his mind about. Yeah. And, and, uh, to, to, you know, Put a little bit of finesse on what I was trying to say. Uh, it, it seems to me like after you've figured out the solution, after you've cured the disease, uh, I wouldn't blame anybody for being hazy on the details of why they were wrong before. And so, so if, if uh, do you think he's hazy? I thought he was being actually, you know, fairly forthright. Uh, could be, but whether he was or he wasn't, he's he's in the right camp now. Yeah, I, I mean, whatever. I, I good, good for Reed, right? Yeah, you go, buddy. Good luck. Uh, that that's a pitch to investors. You're right. Uh, that's but, but I thought it was interesting that that bit about the explanation of why, and I I, I think that's what caught my eye. That's why I had that reaction. Is I I thought I thought he gave a few more details about why he thought he was wrong, uh, rather than just saying like, yeah, I didn't think it would work, but it changed my mind. So I, I thought that I thought that explanation was was fairly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. Not like this it's all about location, location, location. Under surveillance. The Last of Us released an official trailer for the HBO series coming January 15th. Uh, Brian, did you take a look at it? Yes, I did. And I have many conflicting feelings about it. Uh, first of all, uh, I am a firm believer that just because one excellent version of a story exists does not preclude many more versions of that story existing. Uh, I, I believe everybody should try to swing for the fences again and again and again and again. Uh, love the video game, love the sequel to the video game, played the first video game again, uh, love Pedro Pascal, uh, love everything I'm seeing about it, love Chernobyl. Uh, I am hopeful, 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 hopeful. However, wrestling inside of me is the indisputable fact that what is it 90 percent of all video game to media product conversions turn out to be terrible uh I, i'm even knowing those odds just let people like things I, 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 just I, let people th new things I, 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 come on I, 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 I still want it to be good but i understand but, the caution that people have uh, yeah yeah and and video game conversions have been getting better you know they, the sonic they, movie they, was great they, yeah they're they've been they're finally i think people are finally figuring out how to make that conversion so there's hope here right willie what about you yeah i was trying to figure i mean because i was doing some research into the last uh video game uh sort of movie and sonic i'm trying to remember i forget who the the, the distributor for that is um does anyone know that I think that um, was Universal, but I'd have to double check. It was Universal, okay? Because I, because I look, because I looked up Tomb it was Paramount. Raider, which is Paramount. Oh, Paramount, okay. Because, because uh, I was, because uh, I looked it up, because I, I seem to recall in the back of my me memory that Tomb Raider was also made into a movie, and Warner Brothers also was in charge of that movie as well. So uh, to Tomb Ra Raider held the record for the longest time of the highest rated movie or video game to movie conversion of all time mm. i mean if you're going with those odds then you know 
It's the same studio. The so. Tomb Raider movie's good too. Ah, I'm not sick enough <laughs> for that. And the Tomb Raider movie. She gets the knife and she's ah, she puts the <laughs> knife and it's time. Oh, okay. Also, <laughs> like I granted, there are some institutional things that that play into whether uh, a particular type of project is done well at at certain places. Uh, but it's it, it's always a different group of people working on these things. So it's not like Paramount, because they've done well in the past, can't possibly fail or vice versa, that somebody who's never made a good one won't find the right combination or team to make it good. Right? And and to be clear, like nothing but hope. I, 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 I love this story so much that I experienced it twice as a video game. I would love to be surprised and delighted to experience it in a new format fingers crossed yeah i, I that your first point is is the one that i i want to double down on which is uh try to be open-minded to this being a different version of the story you love versus like i must see exactly the same story because if you want to see the exactly the same story you just play the game right so the, there there should be something that's different about this presentation because it's a different medium Absolutely. The co-CEO of DC Films uh, is putting out a Marvel movie. That's right. James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> 3 has a trailer out. Uh, it's it's Gunn's last movie uh, for Marvel, one would assume, or at least for a long time. Uh, coming out May 5th. Uh, who, did, Brian, did you watch this trailer? I did. Um, I thought it was cute that uh, previous Guardians of the Galaxy movies played on 1970s hits that were revitalized in the 1990s. And this one played on a hit from the 1990s, uh, musically speaking. Uh, look, uh, I, I, I'm all in. Uh, Guardians 2 wasn't my favorite, but I loved what he was going for. Uh, the uh, holiday special was a little bit up and down. Still happy that it exists, and I got to see it. I, I, I suspect there's going to be great things in this uh, final chapter of the Guardians franchise. Absolutely. No, I, I just covered Guardians 1 on my show um, over the summer. And so I just re I just watched Guardians 1. Loved that movie. Probably my favorite MCU movie that I have watched so far. I'm looking to uh, watch Guardians uh, 2 before Guardians 3 comes out. Here's my question, though, is I because I, I saw the holiday special come out and I was like a little antsy because like I really want to watch it because I really love Guardians 1. But I'm worried that it's going to have references to Guardians 2 in it. So I'm like, hmm, do I watch the holiday special now or wait till after Guardians 2? You ain't, you ain't seen it? Go watch it. Go watch it. It's important. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's important. No, it's like there is a spoiler. When, one of the plot yeah. points is somebody yeah, yeah. says, I feel like I should tell you blank. And so you should probably watch it because it's connective tissue that will matter in Guardians 3. They're going to tell you the blank. They're going to remind you. I mean, they probably will, but it's not the same. You're not going to feel it in your bones. Yeah, you don't need two hours to get it in the bones. It's, a, it's that Christmas spirit, Bryce. Come on, man. Uh, I'm going to grant hey, you. Man, can't, I can't appeal that to me. <laughs> if you, if you're getting it in the bones. Take your time. Uh, anyway, I, I watched this trailer and thought, you know what? I don't love this trailer. And that's a good sign that I'm going to love this movie because it means the best stuff isn't in the trailer because I have trust that James Gunn has made a really fun movie. Uh, it it gave me flashbacks to watching Guardians 1 with you, Brian. Uh, and just I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like both of us went in with very low expectations. Both yeah. of us were blown away. It was great. Scooper Nova so Girl I'm in the chat. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Scoopernova Girl in the chat says I should watch Guardians 2 before I watch the holiday special. So thank you, Scoopernova Girl. All right, there you go.
Watch out uh, there's also a trailer for the spinoff from The Boys called Gen V. The story takes place at Vought International's Godolkin University. Uh, that'll be coming to Amazon Prime Video sometime next year. They haven't given us an absolute date. Uh, they have given us lots of intestines and blood in this trailer. Yeah. So we where are look, it's it's gonna be as good as it's going to be. I I love everything about the boys. I I love the universe that they've set up. Uh, I love what uh, little crossovers we saw between characters in, in this trailer. Um, doesn't mean I necessarily expect it to be as good as, or excellent uh, as, as the boys. Uh, if you, if you're going to handicap this, where, what are you feeling? Willie? Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I have not seen uh, the boys yet. I've been meaning yeah. to watch it. I know. I'm sorry, but all right, uh, all right fair. He's waiting for yeah. the boys' holiday special. Tom, <laughs> what about you? Uh, I feel like this is taking an element of the boys that a lot of people like and doubling down on it. Uh, you know, the sort of like the the intense, weird sections, violent sections. Uh, and I'm not sure that I'm the person who likes that the most in the boys. So I watched this and was like, man, this looks very true to the boys universe and has some interesting stuff, but I don't even know if I want to watch it, to be honest. Uh, I, you know what, uh, stated slightly differently, my, my take, because I think we're aligned on this was that, um, the part that really gets me excited about the boys is not the over the top violence or the gross out or the, uh, the, the the biological nature of the superpowers it's the power dynamics it's it's mm -hmm. it's you know does mike might make right and all those things and i'm thinking since this is a school where everybody's going to learn things we're going to get less of the thing that i like the most about the boys but i Possibly, would love to be yeah. proven wrong yeah maybe the trailer is just showing us a certain angle that, that that isn't reflective of that other point there. Yeah. But well said, it's the philosophical power dynamic stuff that I, I like the most too. Right. Uh, not that, that I have a problem with the other stuff. It's like, Oh, if that's all that's there, that that isn't why I came. It's fine. But you know, uh, there's a trailer for that nineties show, which is in fact a reboot of that seventies show from Creators Bonnie and Terry Turner uh, brings back Red and Kitty, played by Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp, uh, with some new characters premiering Netflix January 19th. Each season, and they, they plan on doing multiple seasons, will take place during the summer. So the grandkids of the children from that 70s show, uh, I'm sorry, the kids of the kids from that 70s show, so the grandkids of Red and Kitty, will visit their grandparents. Uh, that's why you won't have to have all the cast of that 70s show in every episode. Uh, but you will get uh, appearances from Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, uh, Vilmer Valderrama. Uh, you will not be seeing Danny Masterson. Uh, but but you'll have cameos from, from most of that 70s show cast uh, as they drop off the kids or pop in for a while while the kids are spending the summer uh, and try to recapture some the magic of that 70s show's dynamics in the 90s. Uh, Willie, did you watch this trailer? Do you have a lot of affinity for this property? 
I did not see the trailer, but I have seen a, a few episodes of that 70s show. I just find it amazing that we are now at a point where um, where that 90s show can be made. Like we are at a point in history now where the, where the 90s was so long ago and it has been defined as a generation now that it can be its own, you know, series now. And so I am I'm really stoked to see where they take this. I I did not get the impression that this was much about the 90s. I got the impression that the 70 uh, that 70 show was a celebration of 20 years beforehand in the 70s of that culture and the things that people were doing. This appears mm. to be from the trailer a celebration of that TV show, that '70s show, <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and all the I things you loved about with... Kitty and Red. Yes, and yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. I grew up with this show. This is my friends. Uh, yeah, that '70s yeah. show is my friends. But, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so, so excited for this. The, Bryce is exactly who this is for, which is like <laughs> throw a Nirvana shirt on that '70s show and then do that '70s show, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I kind of love that. I, I can't yeah, wait for that teen show. Getting, getting. I watched the trailer for this and was super excited. And then I went back to the Wikipedia and was like, "Oh yeah, all those characters did this thing. Oh, they went out and they, they had this. It was. Uh, it got me. It got me. Brownie <laughs> points. It got me. <laughs> yep, I'm right. very excited for this. We have, uh, we have, we have saved the most controversial story uh, of this section of the show for last. The new trailer for Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Uh, it's Ooh. our first look at Princess Peach, voiced by Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, Donkey Kong by Seth Rogen, and you get Chris Pratt saying, let's a go, and wahoo. Super Mario Brothers movie is slated to premiere in theaters on April 7th. What did you think, Brian? I, I assume there's a German word for what I'm feeling. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers disappointation. Yeah, no, just uh, uh, it's 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 a word that means. Uh, no, I'm just think I'm feeling nihilistic. <laughs> I I don't like I I, mm. I don't care. It's no no no. That's the word. No, it turns out I, it's no. a Spanish Nine. word. No, <laughs> no, oh, the Spanish from yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I Can I Willie, provide uh, a country? Can I provide a controversial opinion on this? Sure. I think it'll probably just do okay. <laughs> it's okay, not going to be, 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 be That is the opposite of a controversial opinion. It's the most middle no of the ground. What, d d d d d That's my game, Willie Scott, <laughs> giving the bland opinion. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> uh, no, you're probably right, though. Like, it's probably just going to do okay, and it won't be awful. But I don't think I need to see this. No, nobody I'll see does. The, oh, boys, Gen Five, uh, or, or, or yeah, I'll see Gen Five before I see this. I'll, before you I'll, watch I'll, the I'll, Mario movie, bro, yeah. it's Mario. I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay, there you go, Willie. It's Mario. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll speed run it. Uh, <laughs> Any argument you've got, it's Mario. Okay, uh, it's Mario. It's a him, Mario. To be honest, Bryce, I think you're 100% right. That's how hungry I am to have a reason to go into a darkened theater, eat a pizza, and drink a beer. <laughs> I'll even watch this. I, like, I don't, I don't care. Do it for Super and Mario it'd be Brothers like a Mario movie. pizza, and it'll have mushrooms on it. I don't And maybe care. turtle meat. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and there, there, there's coins this. on it. I'll yeah. keep the coins. Yeah. Oh, to be clear, I'm not watching this in the theater. I'm waiting until it gets to streaming. Oh, no! <laughs> Boo. No. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How quickly uh, you go turn. Go theater or go home. 
Well, I think he's going to go home. And then you decided to go home. <laughs> yeah. Well, before you go home, Willie, tell us what you've had your eyes on. What have you been watching these days? Oh, man. I want to talk about this particular movie, and I covered it on the show. And the reason I'm bringing up this movie, it's a little bit of a uh, – it's a little bit of a Halloween pick, admittedly. So I'm a little late um, to this episode. But Saw. I watched Saw for uh, for my podcast A little recently. late. Just a yeah. little 18 years late. A it's a little past bit, tense yes. verb, saw. Just just yeah. the, the, the life of my daughter late, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I did, I did enjoy this movie, and it was interesting for me because I, it was, it was get presented to me as a movie that's like, oh, you're probably going to hate it because of X, Y reason. And I even had some people in my crowd telling me like, hey, no, like I refuse to watch this. I do not want to watch a horror movie. So I had kind of low expectations going into this film. And what surprised me is that this particular film, now I can't speak for any of the other Saw sequels that have come out, but this movie in particular for me, it was one of those situations where like because I had low expectations going into it. Yeah. It like absolutely shattered um, those low expectations and it was an actually great film for me. And and I challenged people um, to rethink of this movie, not as a horror film, which to be clear, it very much is. But I would I, I defined it more as a murder mystery type of film for the purposes of the show. And um, and I think with that extra con or that with that perspective, I think it changes the movie a little bit. I don't know, what do you think? Indeed. I, I can't remember what Saw was like. I mean, I know what it's about, but mm-hmm. it's been 18 years since I saw it. Oh, yeah. Well, it, a very, it, by the way, it is very much blood and guts. You right? know, my daughter like, can vote now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, but it's very much blood and guts. And, my argument was not that you shouldn't um, not like this movie. My argument was dislike it for the right reasons. And that was kind of the message I was trying to get right, across right. with this movie. I like it. Uh, well, good. Uh, fo- folks should def- definitely check out the episode uh, about that. Uh, Brian, yeah. what have you had your eyes on? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about 1899. Um, I only watched the first episode of that, but... Uh, I, I did watch that Take Your Pills Xanax episode. Oh, yeah. What um, was that? Uh, 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 ironically, I fell asleep during it. <laughs> so I watched it a second time. <laughs> and I found that... Um, did you watch Take Your Pills Amphetamines and then go back and watch Take Your Pills Xanax? <laughs> uh, uh, you, you know, I, I, I seriously, I, I hope they do a whole series of these. And I hope starting now, they have stronger theses about each one. Mm. Because because really... Oh, I can answer that. The, the, the takeaway was, uh, uh, was that Valium was very bad. Xanax is better. <laughs> But then at the end, it turns into an ad for SSRIs, like Lexapro and so on. And I'm like, really? Where do you land on this? Like, mm. like I understand mm. that when you're when you're addicted to a certain substance, it's unpleasant to wean yourself off of it. It it it. Uh, I, I was left feeling uh, empty, uh, and 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 oh. I, I didn't find it very good. So uh, I looked into this after we talked about it last last week or the week before. So this is uh, the Take Your Pills Xanax. There was a documentary in 2018 called Take Your Pills, which was about Adderall. 
And so ah. it does seem like this is the start of a docu-series about medicine. does seem cool. kind of un- unfortunate if it, it doesn't feel like it has a solid thesis, though. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, basically, I, I mean, it, it, I, I wish I had learned more. I, I, I wish mm-hmm. I had learned uh, 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 just more. I, I, I didn't get much out of it, and I tried twice. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not addicted the, to watching this movie. Just to be clear, <laughs> I can quit watching and rewatching anytime this movie you want anytime it. I yeah. want. Yeah. You're only right, accidentally sure. fell asleep to it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really good at putting you to sleep. So, so maybe, maybe there's something. Maybe there. you should, maybe you should be addicted to it. Maybe it's the perfect, you know, and maybe it's maybe the perfect it's the, drug. Yeah, maybe this can wean you off of actual Xanax. Let's prescribe this to this. people. Let's prescribe this yeah. to people for hundreds of dollars. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com/slash/cordkills. <laughs> All right. Uh, I I, I want to talk about Reborn Rich. It's a Korean show. I, I haven't recommended a new Korean drama uh, in a bit. Uh, this one is killing it. It is the number one episode on Korean television this year. I think it's beaten out Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Um, and it is kind of succession in Korea. Uh, so it's about a guy uh, at the beginning, he's working for a company that is sort of a combination of all the big Korean companies. It's a little bit Samsung, a little bit LG, a little bit Latte, uh, but it's like a huge conglomerate. Uh, and he is a, a functionary who discovers something and gets murdered and then finds himself in the body of one of the grandsons of the founder of the company back in the 70s. Uh, it, it sort of fast forwards from there as he grows up uh, and he knows he's been murdered and he's going to try to figure out who murdered him. But also, you know, while he's got time, maybe take some revenge on the entire family. Uh, so you get the family dynamics, uh, which is all centered around the founder trying to decide who's going to succeed him uh, as as the the person in charge of this this company, and they again they do electronics and transportation and construction, and they they're all over the place. Uh, and you go through history; they go through the IMF crisis, uh, and they go they go through the dot com bust. Uh, and and our main character knows what's going to happen in the world because he has his memories uh, from when he was alive previously. So it, it's a little bit succession, but but with a it's not reincarnation because it can kind of goes backwards in time, uh, mystery air, uh, and really fun and really good. And if you watched Vincenzo, uh, it's the same main actor from Vincenzo playing the main guy in uh, reborn rich available on Vicky. This one is not a Netflix one. It's available on Vicky, uh, and, uh, comes out twice a week. So go check it out. If it sounds fun to you. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, I got a pick for you guys. I uh, caught the first three episodes of the much-talked-about Netflix uh, series 1899. Uh, this is a puzzle box-style mystery show. Uh, it starts on a, on a cruise ship in 1899, making a trip from London to America. And along the way, they manage to stumble up upon uh, kind of the, the abandoned remains of another sister ship that was uh, chartered by the same company. And strange occurrences keep happening. Um, it's kind of one of those shows where you want everyone to just to say, just talk to each other, just to tell each other what you know. You would get. But they so don't speak dressed. the same language as Bryce. How can they talk to each other? Okay, they all speak different languages, and they all basically 
can communicate with each other, which is with the universal language. Agreed. <laughs> I, I I think it's really interesting. It is from the folks who made Dark, uh, a former uh, Netflix show, which which I believe also had some mystery elements to it. I am intrigued. I have a lot of great questions about this. They've shown me a lot of stuff that shouldn't be there. They've done a lot of stuff that ain't right, and I'd love to figure out why that happened. Um, but it does take a minute to get. Brian, you you watched the first episode, and you didn't maybe love the first episode. Huh? Uh, no, I I expected a little bit more, a little bit faster. But you are three episodes in, and it sounds like like does it eventually get there? Uh, I'll say that it does a good job of kind of having a big moment in episodes two and three of like here's a new wrinkle um uh, tom you watched all of it right would you have any other broad uh uh, suggestions about how the show turns out Uh, that's tough tom we're really trying to like this (laughs) there's I, i do like it but there's there's like a bunch of stuff i'd like to talk about that is immediately a spoiler and i and i don't even know how they work yeah I I feel like I feel personally mm. like it's worth the journey. We binged it in like two days, mm. uh, so so we just plowed through it. Uh, it was it was the uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so we had a little extra time, yeah. and I really felt like we were constantly uh, getting fed one little piece of the information that changed the story enough for you to go, oh well, it's not that then. Uh, so maybe it's this and 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 gets you to an interesting end. Uh, mm. It's certainly not the greatest example of this kind of story. Uh, but unlike some Netflix shows, it's not a like, yeah, I was playing a game on my phone while I watched it. You, you definitely had to pay attention. Uh, and 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 some guesses I had were <clears throat> were right and, and some were not. And even once you think you know the answer, they they throw you curveballs and and keep you in doubt. So, uh, it's not like devs. It's not that good. Uh, and uh-huh. I'm not making a joke about Bryce. <laughs> uh, it, but it's it's but it's it's solidly like in the middle of the pack of these kinds of stories. And I think it was quite satisfying. Yeah, I I am looking forward to it. I feel like. I'm in. I'm in the good questions phase. There are good questions. Yeah, I, de- I definitely felt surprises. I definitely yeah. kept feel, feeling surprises. Well, there are eight episodes of of 1899 on Netflix right now. They're streaming. Uh, I there might be a second season. I'm not entirely sure. I, there's I an indication that they they certainly left it where there could be, and there's indications that they they want to do another one. Uh, I see. Well, that's streaming on Netflix. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for for this segment of the show, please email us cordkillers at gmail Thank you. Now listen. uh, Yeah, Brian. What did you think about in that first episode, the fact that they formed an away team, including the captain of the ship? I actually loved that. Uh, I loved that. that There's like, but the captain. That was what got you. That was. I was just like, oh, like okay, I guess that's the thing we do. There, there, there were multiple points in 1899 where I was like, oh, this is like. Star Trek, but actual ships. This is what Star Trek was mimicking, <laughs> yep. like this yep. stuff yeah. that they're doing. It's and, Master and, and Commander yeah. meets Star Trek meets Lost. Sort of. Oceans yeah, are now yeah. crime scenes. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> you know what? There's only one way to find out whether or not oceans are crime scenes. How's that? And that's to run a simulation on a computer. What? Mm-hmm. You don't have a computer? Head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Mm-hmm. Keep us in business. They're supporting us. We want you to support them. They're un- unparalleled customer service, dude. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make you feel really special. And it's not too late for you to get something just in time for the big holiday. Yeah, go for it, folks, Uh, because this is the time uh, when all the baseball teams uh, are are bidding on things and they're they're trying to buy things from Brian. Yeah. Yeah, it's the winter meetings. All the free agents are happening. They're spending money on Mm -hmm. things from you, Brian. Right. And they're doing that at where? Doghousesystems.com slash... No, no man. Well, they, they yeah. might be. Maybe. But then after they bought the computer, they're probably going to want to buy other things. Oh. If they want to buy, like, playing cards or, like, some fake coins. Sorry, 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 sorry. Some puzzle boxes. Hey, you know what? This is the time of the year when when you stop buying the computer, you probably still got some gifts you got to buy for other people. Where, where am I going to get playing cards, Tom? You can't get them anywhere. Yes. You can go to scamstuff.com. It's gear for the modern rogue. Ah! We've got something for every price point. Everything from uh, uh, we've we've got uh, uh, awesome butterfly bottle openers for eight dollars. We got uh, yeah. uh, watches that burst into flames. Uh, it looks like you're sold out of those. Uh, uh, well, it looks like uh, who's to say? Oh. And then uh, <laughs> uh, uh, puzzle boxes in the hundred dollar range. Uh, lots there for you. Check out scamstuff.com. Sorry. <laughs> Now I will use a more relatable metaphor, the history of Greenville, Illinois, uh, to take us into the front lines. Front lines! I'm sorry. What was I thinking? All right. Uh, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell uh, said that Peacock now has 18 million paid subscribers, up from the 15 million announced at the end of Q3. He also said Universal's animation rivals Disney now, and he expects, quote, a big check in 2024 from Disney for Comcast's remaining 33% share of Hulu. He definitely had had his coffee before he talked to this. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, is that is that code for like he was all amped up on, on taking pills? I have no idea. Adderall? I, I, I just, I'm like, I'm reading this interview on Deadline and I'm like, 18 million paid subscribers. Okay, so they want to tout that they're growing faster than people think. That makes sense. We're better than Disney at animation. Like, what? Okay, (laughs) cool, man. We're going to get a big check from Disney. I'm not even going to negotiate anymore. You're just going to pay us a big check. I'm like, wow. Uh, There's a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence coming out. Just shell there. Uh, meanwhile, Disney has purchased Major League Baseball's 15% stake in BamTech Media, making the streaming tech provider a 100% Disney-owned property. In Disney's 10K filing on Tuesday with the SEC, the company said, quote, We anticipate that within the coming months, Mr. Iger will initiate organizational and operating changes within the company to address the board's goals. Who wants mm. coffee? Mm. <laughs> yeah disney's like well we have a better bam tech than you because that's <laughs> what we just bought is the rest of bam tech um them buying out bam tech probably is one of the items on the sheet that they wanted to knock off before they buy out the remaining shares of hulu from comcast and i, I just want to remind people that 2024 date when nbc does get that big check 
Uh, and he's probably right. It probably will be a big chunk of cash from Disney. Uh, will will be the like the waving the flag to start the race for the consolidation of the streaming services. Uh, that that's my opinion anyway. Uh, speaking of someone who will be bought in 2024 when that happens, Warner Brothers Discovery announced it will partner with Amazon to make new animated projects based on DC Comics. There were no details on how that would work in practice. Uh, plus, Warner also said there's a lot of interest and passion around more scripted Harry Potter content. Warner Brothers Television Studio Chairwoman Channing Dungy said, we're just trying to figure out what the right next step is. So uh, working with Amazon to make some DC stuff that might show up on Amazon, I guess. Uh, and then uh, talking about some Harry Potter TV shows. Hey, Tom, is it just yeah. me? Or was that a lot of words that says, we don't know? Uh, that's a lot of, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd go a little beyond we don't know to like, uh, we have valuable things that we should exploit and try to make money off them somehow. Yep. We got any ideas? Cordkillers <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Data yeah, from no, uh, but- uh, Lightman Research shows that the top U.S. Uh, pay TV companies, Comcast, Charter, etc., lost 981,604 subscribers in Q3. Telco and satellite providers such as DirecTV and Verizon Fios lost 701,000 subscribers in the quarter. Internet multi-channel services Hulu, Sling, and Fubo added 898, 265 subscribers. Not all of those services are uh, reporting public numbers, So, it, uh, but just those three. Uh, yeah, so there's Tom, more, like YouTube TV doesn't report their numbers, so that one's not included. Yeah, it seems like people are cutting the cord. Yep. You know, uh, it's almost like we're out of milestones at this point, but here's a big one that I thought of when I, when I was looking at this story. Uh, at some point, we're going to get the number that says, uh, the percentage of U.S. households with cable TV subscriptions is going to go below 50%, at which point you'll be able to say most people in the U.S. don't have cable. I mean, yeah. at that we're point, like at 53% right now. Do, do we flip the title of the show to Cord Preservers? <laughs> cord Savers? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting, we become too. altruistic? It's interesting, too. It talked about in the article, which is something that I don't think, um, you know, ISPs have had to deal with up until now, which is the surgence of 5G in-home Internet services, too. So I'm thinking like I, I'm, Comcast, I think, made the smartest decision ever when they acquired NBC in 2011 because they know that their cable operations are done for. <laughs> Well, but their ISP uh, operations are bringing in bank too. So, so yeah, oh, I, sure. I'm not disagreeing with you, but, but yeah, they, uh, they certainly are, are, you know, they've got better animation than Disney these days. Apparently. apparently so, yeah. Yeah. They're doing great. Uh, okay. Finally, a few other notes. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is going to star in and executive produce an Amazon TV series based on John Katzenbach's novel, Just Cause. Apple TV Plus released a teaser of a 10-episode comedy called Shrinking uh, from Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein, uh, both of Ted Lasso fame, along with Jason Segel, who will also star in it, alongside Harrison Ford. It's the one about a therapist who starts telling patients what he really thinks. That's coming January 27th. Netflix released a trailer for the documentary series Harry and Meghan about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, produced by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No release date was announced. Netflix released a full trailer for season three of Emily in Paris, returning December 21st. 
Disney Plus announced a documentary on Korea's BTS K-pop group that will premiere in 2023. And Disney announced the third season of The Mandalorian will come to Disney Plus on March 1st. The story will take place after the events of The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Willie and Tom, um, am I the only one who inherently does not trust any docudrama, docuseries that is made by the subjects of it because you're not going to want to see the Brian Brushwood docu series. It's it's Look, mainly I about think BTS how great has been really right transparent about things, and they've collected a. <laughs> oh no, you meant Harry and Meghan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's an interesting concept. I mean, they certainly have media knowledge, right? Or at least Meghan does, anyway. I mean, I don't know. Like, get get some get some fact checkers on that documentary. Is all I'm going to say. I mean, it's not a documentary, really, or at least not what I think of as a documentary. It's uh, it's a promotional video, <laughs> sort of, right? Yeah. Like, it's not. I don't think it's valueless. I think it'll it might give you some insights, but it's their message, not an objective look, right? Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like it's an over glamorized uh, press release, you know? I mean. If that's the case, I want to see them lean all the way into it and be as nasty right. as they want to yeah, be. Yeah, seriously. Like, well, the trailer hints that they might be, although they probably aren't more nasty, any nastier than what they have in there. But, but yeah, like, like just make it a vlog <laughs> instead of a documentary. Yeah, <laughs> people would like that. It sounds like it is. Right. Time video. It's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, I, I think you're right. All right, let's get to the dispatches from the front. Kevin says, uh, just wanted to say, if you haven't watched Wednesday on Netflix, I highly recommend it. That That is the <laughs> Netflix series Wednesday, uh, not just watching Netflix on a Wednesday. Uh, he Kevin says, it's a fantastic series, truly unexpected, really hoping they do another season. Love the show. Your boss, but really your number one fan. Oh, thanks, boss. Uh, yeah, uh, we also got a number of, of people uh, having difficulty with Patreon. Uh, we can't really do Patreon customer support, but please we 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 see that people are having problems if they had an old pledge that was under a dollar uh, uh we cannot okay. do anything with that at the moment we've asked them to do something about that if that's you please get in contact with patreon support they will be the best people to help with that in right. the meantime because we would also love to uh receive your support as well <laughs> but unfortunately we can't do anything at the moment thank you uh, all right. What's the, what's the next one we should get to here, Brian? Uh, uh, uh the very last one here says, uh, 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 from G, uh, Hey, Tom and Brian have been with you since day one. When you started doing frame rate, uh, cord killers leads off his Tuesday mornings along with an egg and every, uh, with an egg and an everything bagel just resupplied. So life is good. Heavy check mark. Looking forward to 2023 and more cord killers. Uh, thank you very much for the kind words. Oh, man, I I feel so warm next to your egg everything bagel. Uh, it's it's lovely to be a part. Is are you gonna finish? Oh, you are. Okay, oh, that's that's fine. It looks good. I'll just have to get my own. I have to remember to do that next time. That looks really good. Thanks, thanks, G. Appreciate that. And thank you, Willie Scott, for being with us. Uh, Willie, hey. if folks want to get your episode with Saw and all the other shows that you do, where should they go? Absolutely. Cinemavention.com. If you want to follow along in my cinema watching journey, I have gone through so many movies now. It is unbelievable. We still got more to come. Cinemavention.com. 
Another thing that I want to put uh, in the back of people's minds for later on in the year, if you, if you don't have plans for New Year's Eve, I want to encourage everyone to check out dcstreamathon.org um, we, because we are doing the uh, the Ritual Misery folks are doing the Diamond Club New Year's Eve Streamathon again, um, where we uh, gather together 27 hours, raise money for um, for charity, all while making sure no one has to spend New Year's Eve alone. So go to dcstreamathon.org, bookmark it, and uh, in, and if you have if you if you're thinking of something to do for New Year's Eve. Check it out. We'll be live all day that day. It's yeah, a, it's I'll a be there. Time. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, so uh, will I. I'll, I'll be ringing in the New Year, I think in the UK hour, when it's New Year's in the UK, possibly. That, that's where I was last year. So yeah. yeah, I heartily second that recommendation, dcstreamathon.com. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>